Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Last night I dug your picture out from our old dresser drawer I set it on the table and I talked to it till four I read some more love letters right up till the break of dawn Yeah, I've been sitting alone digging up bones Good morning welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show 518 here in the Bayou City Alright, Mr. Lynn Smith, we are back, my friend well, I can relate to that song. <laughs> Digging up bones, baby. I'm telling you, Bone man. Collectors. I'm telling you. Hey, did I did I send you that? I don't think I sent you a video of that guy pulling that hog out of that. Yes, you that did, water. man. I I was gonna ask you about that. That that uh, oh, boy, man. Is, is that brutal or what? <laughs> his uh, his woman didn't make such a good shot on that hog. <laughs> no, no, no. But that. That hog, people don't realize just how bad those wild animals can hurt you. you know? Oh, they can butcher you, man. That guy was butchered up. Do you hear him at the end of the video? Said, you okay, man? Oh, it's not bad. Well, uh-huh. the pictures in the emergency room, it looked pretty severe to me. That hog ate him up. Ate him up. He's lucky it didn't cut an artery on his leg. Especially on that one wound on his leg, the femoral artery. Yeah. It, that that oh. been the end to him. Oh, man. He's very, very lucky. Yeah. Oh, he'd have died in five minutes. Then when it took him yeah. down and got him on the ground, look at the wounds on his back. Oh, I know. Jeez. I know. Man. I mean, I've been that, yelling at that, that girl, up. give me the gun. I'd have shot myself. <laughs> <laughs> Good grief. Don't shoot him. Shoot yeah. me. Yeah. Man. Man. Yeah. I tell you what, they just people just don't realize, you know, how how bad those things can hurt you. You know, they're terrible. I mean, they're wild animals. You know, those tusks can really rip you up. Nothing worse and, than a wounded animal. That's that's right. That's right. You know, you get them in a trap. Uh, you know, people just walk up those traps, think it's no big deal. And uh, man, I tell you, I've seen people let them out of a trap, and those those pigs will turn on you. You know, they're mad because they're in that trap. And uh, they'll turn on you quick. So you got to be careful. Yeah. Big time. We uh, we had a pig trap that we called a big 10-point buck in it. And, uh, boy, he was worn oh. out, man. He was trying to get out of the trap. And uh, we got him out. But, uh, man, he was he was flat worn out. We finally got him out of there. He took off, and he would stumble and stagger and fall and get up, stumble and stagger and fall. But, um, you know, he ran off. But uh, I just hope the coyotes didn't get him, you know. But um, anyway, he he survived. He got out of the trap. But he was a pretty good size, ten point. Why? Well, that uh, you know, it, it looks like that hog got the cameraman. He did doing that video. He did. 
Uh-huh. Looks like it. Boy, he, he yeah. had some cutters on him. Ooh, he did, man. You know, you just look he at did. a picture of those cutters, you think, well, they're not that sharp. Bull corn with mm. the force of that hog no. strength behind them. And, I mean, <clears throat> that's like getting carved up with a dull knife. They, it will well, eat like you, when those uh, when those javelina are, are snapping their teeth, they're sharpening those ha- those gutters, you know. Yeah. They're sharpening them. Man, they can hurt you. They can hurt you big time. People don't realize how bad those javelina can hurt you, but they can cut you up. Well, I've seen what they've done to dogs. Oh, they yeah. Can gut, they exactly. can gut a dog in a heartbeat. You better know it. You better know it. And, you know, that's one thing I haven't seen uh, on the ranch this year. I haven't seen many javelina. I don't know where they went, but I, sure I didn't haven't see seen as many at Blaine's this year as I normally do. You know, yeah. usually they'll ruin a, you know, you'll be having a good hunt and they'll show up. They'll come out of the gate like the Green Bay Packers down at Sendera and they run every deer off and they'll leave oh, yeah. every kernel of corn within five miles. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. I saw two or three adults, they'd show up this one stand every morning on one Sendera and they had two little mm-hmm. babies with them. And, uh, there would be no deer on that one. I didn't even have to worry about watching that lane. Yeah. Well, those deer don't like them. You know, they don't no, like they around. don't. They don't like them, Havelinas. Mm-mm. No. They'll, yeah, sit, no. they'll sit there on a Sendera and eat corn with a coyote before they will a, a you know, Havelina. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I had a, uh, I had a covey of uh, blue quail running, uh, running with a covey of bobs. Really? Running all around. That was interesting. That was fun to watch. <laughs> they were they were running around like crazy. Yeah. But uh, I love sitting there just watching. I had uh, these four guys that came down the ranch this week to shoot does. Uh, I had the, the one guy, the leader, and uh, he was with me, and he said, uh, he said, heck, he said, I don't want to shoot a deer. He said, I, I just came down to, to for the camaraderie and just kind of watched the animals. I said, well, that's right. good. So um, we sat there and just shot the bull and, and um, and watch the deer and everything and uh, and boy it was getting daylight and there was two pigs at this uh, feeder and uh, they looked like Volkswagens man they oh. were big old pigs yeah one was a big old black pig one was spotted and I guarantee you they were Volkswagens uh. I said man you don't want to shoot one of those I guarantee you man good grief Worst I was telling him about them is loading them up oh man yeah. I was telling him uh, years ago we had a bunch of uh, all all men at the ranch, and these were the the guys that were the the workers, and they were they came to the ranch, and boy, they would they would shoot everything. And uh, I I came back to the ranch house, and they had a big old pig. He weighed over two hundred pounds, and they had him hung up on the rack, and boy, they were they were getting after it. And uh, I walked up there to that cleaning rack, and. I leaned over on the rack. I was talking to him. Just as I leaned over on the rack, you could feel the fleas jumping off that pig. I oh, said, oh, my nasty. God. Oh, they are nasty. Mm, mm. Man. They sure are good uh, eating, yeah. though. Yeah. You get that hide like off of them and trim them down and quarter them up, and uh, that's some fine meat. Oh, I like the little ones more. Smaller yeah. ones, you know, about 30, 40 pounds, you know. That's perfect. Perfect. And we had some piglets one time. I cooked them whole, you know, of course mm-hmm. not with a head on them. You know what I mean? And Oh, uh, yeah. I would uh, sear them on the mesquite grill outside, 
and get them about a third of the way cooked through, and then I'd put them in foil pans with some beer and butter and all the seasoning on them and cover them in foil and finish them in the oven. Hey. Oh, my Hey, he can't, I can't even describe how good it was. It was that Pulled pork sandwiches for the whole week. Everybody was eating those piglets up. We just, we just oh, bound them and uh, made pulled pork with it. It was excellent. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, Especially we killed some. Front shoulders, you pick one up and all the meat just falls off of it. That's, oh, that's, my goodness. That's when you know you cooked it right, buddy. Oh, that, that's fine eating, I'll tell you. You better know it. Yeah, I, I, I've had I've had several guys. I've actually had three different hunters this year that we'd have we'd have like a dozen little pigs. You know, I mean, I'm talking like ten, twenty pound pigs uh-huh. in a group. You know, this just in a circle, just you know how they're just running around like crazy. Right. And I said, well, pick your one, but shoot them in the head. You know, shoot them in the head. And matter of fact, line them up. Try to kill two at least. And uh, and they'd shoot and not kill anything. I said, how can you not hit one of them? Come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how could you not kill one of them? You know, and uh, and I've had that happen like three times this year. I said, good grief. <laughs> I mean, you just, you cluster shoot them, you know. Uh-huh. Like your cubby shooting them. And you right. not, didn't hit a thing. <laughs> It was amazing. When they're little yeah. like that, you can line them up, and you can, sometimes you can get two or three in one shot real easy. That bullet yeah. will go right through yeah. them like butter, man. Uh-huh. And pigs are but, easy uh, to kill. They die a lot easier than deer do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I had one guy, he, uh, he shot a uh, he shot a pig. And, uh, he hit it, and it hit the ground and, and started running in a circle, you know, going around in a circle, <laughs> and it jumped up and ran off. <laughs> yeah. Took off. I said, oh, my goodness. We never did find that one. But uh, anyway, uh, we had I had one guy uh, this week that uh, I, I wanted to get him a bobcat. He wanted a bobcat to mount. But uh, I turned uh, my uh, call on. And, uh, I mean, no sooner did I turn it on, here came a coyote. Boy, this coyote came running, man. He said, look at that coyote, boy. And he was running from about 200 yards. And... Uh, if he had waited just a little bit, that cow would have probably come right up to the blind, you know. Right. But uh, he he shot at him at about 125 yards and knocked him down, but he uh, took off. And uh, But anyway, he ran off. But uh, we had so many cows and so many bobcats on the ranch this year. It's been crazy. There's been a lot of them. A lot of how many here. how many fawns do you think they eat a year, buddy? They they take their oh. toll on them. That's oh, they do. They do take their they toll. Can, they can wipe out a fawn crop. They can. They really can. They get after them. You know, people don't realize that the bobcats work on them too. Yeah, you know, the bobcats get after them. I remember Crocker had a picture of a bobcat had a fawn by the neck, had killed it, and was. Uh, Crawling over a high fence with it. That's how strong they are. Like a leopard. I'll be darned. You know, just like a leopard carrying an animal up in a tree, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, I believe it. I mean, especially a young, young fawn. They can sure. definitely do it. You better know it. We've got a, a, a roller chopper. They're going to come in and do some roller chopping early before the, uh, before the does drop their fawns. 
And um, believe it or not, they got this roller chopper that's 90 feet across. What? No, 90 feet. Now, that is a roller chopper. That thing's huge, man. I've never, I've never even seen or heard of one that big. I am either. My goodness. I am either. That is a roller chopper. Boy, yep. those things can, man, you can... You can clear an area with those. That thing there—that's oh. that's nuts. Talk about oh, making is. some it's... quail rows. <laughs> oh, I know it. Well, that's what this guy's going to do. And uh, they said he can make a pass and cut down. You know, he'll cut down trees three or four inches in diameter. Sure. With this thing, and uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. He must must pull it with a D nine or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, they say if he if he comes back over it, it it's like a Make it like a, a football field, you know. Yeah, be like I mean, a golf course, fairway. Uh huh, like a golf course. But uh, now they're going to do some roller chopping on a couple of fields. But uh, some of the areas need it pretty bad. Well, that'd be good for clearing out a big area to make food plots too. That's right, exactly. So um, just so he doesn't do too much, but uh, yeah, you know they did that once before. They when they did some roller chopping and on did some strips you know you got to leave you got to leave strips of brush for the for the fawns for the does and fawns once they drop their fawns and yeah um, they got to have cover man that's right that's right got to so, have it uh, but you got to do that before they the does drop their fawns so and that's going to be that's probably going to be in february February. So yeah, you do that after they drop their fawns. There ain't no telling how many fawns you'd run over that are hiding in that cover. Oh, absolutely. Just laying yeah. there when they're little babies, and chop them up. Well, and well, that and the quail. The quail yeah. will be laying their eggs too. So right. Uh, uh, that's when the quails start nesting. So yeah, you want to do this early. So it's anyway. They're supposed to get it done pretty quick. It's going to be interesting. I, I'm going to go down there and watch them do it. I want to see this thing in action. <laughs> Ninety yeah, feet across. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Ninety oh, my feet. Goodness. Yeah, that's incredible. That's wearing them out there, Bubba. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of one that big. Well, I mean, good grief. Let me knock this that's... break out. I'll come back. I want to talk. Uh, I had a listener give me a text. Wanted to ask you something. So. uh let me knock this break out, and I'll come back, and we'll address All right. that. All right, buddy. Hang on. Well, Boyd's One Stop, what a place to go. Home of the supercharged, super slimy powerhouse Croakers, located right at the base of the Texas City Dyke at 227 Dyke Road. And, folks, if you're looking for quality live bait for your next fishing trip, Boyd's is your place to stop. Just uh, from their live well, you know, their tanks to your live well, that bait's as good as it can possibly be. And there's no better way to live your bait than with their oxygen response system. You can check them out firsthand at the store. They have all different size bottles and all their regulators and diffusers. You can even have your bottles refilled there at Boyd's. And if you need more info on it, call Jason Cogburn at 281-701-8107. It's great for tournament fish, too, keeping them alive. And, uh, while you're there, check out all their wild-caught, you know, guff seafood. There's no farm raised at Boyd's. The big U10s, 9-12s, 15-18-count shrimp, they've always got them. Great availability, great pricing. Go to boydsonestop.com or you can call the store at 409-945-4001. And when you do, please tell them Captain Mickey sent you. 
left Oklahoma Driving in a Pontiac Just about to lose my mind Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, 537 here in the Bayou City on a beautiful Sunday morning. All right, man. Let's uh, go talk some more with Captain Lynn Smith. All right, Lynn, we're back. All right, man. That texter anyway. wanted to know, uh, ask Captain Lynn, he said he heard some big trout were killed in Pringle Lake. Could you ask him for me? Thank you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there well, were that, that happens though when we don't even have a big freeze event. That always happens, doesn't it? <laughs> well, no, it uh, it happens every freeze. Yeah, 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 it happens every freeze, and yeah, there was there was some trout killed. So yeah, but it wasn't yeah, bad. It, it wasn't extensive, from what I've not been like, hearing. Not, not like in the past. Not like '83. You know, '83 was the worst I ever saw. So, you know, we lost some fish and. Um, it wasn't pretty, from what I understand. Uh, was, I, I, I haven't run back in there, but I've talked to people that have. And yeah. uh, they said, uh, yeah, we lost some fish. Uh, there were a lot of fish on the bottom. They're just now coming up, and, and the pelicans. I talked to a friend of mine and said he never saw so many pelicans in his life in Pringle Lake. You know, white and brown pelicans. Right. And uh, they're just in there gorging themselves on those dead fish. But, well, um, that's what happens. You see a lot of pelicans in the area. That's what they're on. You know, we've seen it yep, in the past. Yep. Kind of like uh, right. Terracara's on dead deer in the woods, you know, in the brush that, country. That's right. That's right. Yep. When uh, when we wound a deer and, and you know, we're, we're looking for a wounded deer or a dead deer, that's one thing we look for is Caracara sitting in yes. a tree. You know, that's a, that's a telltale sign, you know. But... Um, no, the yeah we did we did lose some trout, Pringle, but we lost trout you know everywhere really, and uh, I talked to a, a guy a friend of mine yesterday about it and um, he wasn't fishing but he was duck hunting, and right. he said yeah he saw a lot of dead fish along the shoreline but they're mostly mullet. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and, good. Uh, he didn't yeah he didn't see any any trout, but he saw dead mullet. And, yeah, about a, the only part of the kill I heard anything about is like back lakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's that's where you're gonna have them. Well, in Rockport, uh, Copano Bay got hit hard. You know. Did they? Yeah. I saw the video. Some guys in the airboat videoed and put up, and boy, that was that was a lot of mm-hmm. fish in Copano Bay. <laughs> that's a lot of fish. Oh yeah. Well, you know, our ties were real low. And I think that may have been a blessing, you know. A lot of the fish fell off into the deeper water, um, fell off in the canal and mm-hmm. you know the, in the bay bay system. And I think that saved a lot of fish. Right. But, uh, it helped us. But, uh, well, what was so bad about '83? We had all them pumping south winds for a week ahead of that Arctic blast, and you know the areas I was wading ahead of that front. I mean, it was where it was normally knee-deep water, you were almost at the top of your waders. And, boy, we, those fish were eating. They were in suicide mode. And uh, mm-hmm. then when that front line hit on Christmas Eve, I mean, it was northwest winds at 45, 50 miles an hour. And, I mean, it emptied the bay before you could blink. And uh, it trapped tons of fish in the shallows, and that it nuked them. Oh, yeah. 
and it was brutally cold. Yeah, that's what hurt you all the most, man. Because I mean, it what was it like? Twelve straight days of freezing temperatures, and there were several oh, yeah. days, you know, a week stretch. It never got above freezing. Oh no, and real, real low. Yeah, I mean, it got down to six degrees here. Yeah, six. y'all. Uh, there's something about that little bend down there y'all are in. Sometimes it catches the coldest, you know, mass. Yeah. Well, there was ice 300 yards out into the bay. I mean, oh, in '83. Yeah, it, yeah, it was it was bad, bad. I mean, it, that's that's cold. I mean, I've never seen it like that. And and you know, I mean, uh, you run down the intercoastal, and there were dead trout and redfish uh, on the shorelines, both sides of the intercoastal, as far as you could see. Yeah, as far as you go. I mean, I'd never ever seen it like that. And of course, you know you're not going to start. You're not going to stop the barge traffic. That's not going to happen. No, that ain't happening. I mean, that's no. uh, and and it just rolls them fish up, yep. fills their gills full up. of mud, and just oh, it's nasty. Yeah, yeah they're not going to stop them. They're so stressed and, uh, anyway. And yep. uh, when you roll them up on the uh, flats like that, up from that prop wash, their history. Yep, that's right. And. Uh, I mean, it was, uh, you know, all sizes of fish, man. I mean, all sizes. And uh, they were just solid all up and down the intercoastal, both sides. It was it was mm-hmm. the worst I've ever seen. And then we had that hard freeze in 89, and yes. 89 was nowhere near as bad as 83. Seeing it was, it was worse crazy. up here, it killed more fish, in my opinion, than 83 did. Really? Yes, you know, we hit seven hmm. degrees two nights in a row on Trinity Bay. You could walk from uh, Umbrella Point all the way to Fisher's Reef on pure ice, hard frozen hmm. ice. Wouldn't break through hmm. it. Man. That's well, when cool. I came back from the ranch the other day, um, and I came back, now we'd had 13 degrees at the ranch. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I watched a, a, a 10-point buck, big mature 10, walk around this pond uh, i was hunting a blind that was right on this pond and he walked all the way around this little pond trying to break ice so he could drink and oh. um and i came back to, to port o'connor and uh, on a win on that wednesday and uh when i went through sea drift there was still ice in the ditches and in the fields where the, the t- fields were flooded right uh, and i see that ice in the fields and i said man this isn't good no this is not good and I knew we were going to have a fish kill. I yeah, I that. talked to Everett uh, Johnson, and he said it got down to, what, 19 in Port O'Connor, 18 or 19? Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah it was 13 in George West. Yeah. And uh, and I said, yeah, it, this isn't good. So I knew we were going to have a kill. There was no doubt in my mind. But um, we've been there and done that. So. I just we luck we were lucky because it warmed up pretty fast. Yeah, it warmed up fast. Well, one more day of that, and we'd have had problems. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, uh, talked to a couple other guys that said, you know, I think they went out. They they still caught some fish, um, not much, but they caught some fish after that. So mm. it's. Uh, you know, we're not devastated by any means, but it, uh, we'll see what happens in the next few days or whatever. 
we'll yeah, see we got happens. a good stretch of weather this week. Good fishing weather. Yeah. Well, I know Cliff yep. Webb's been doing good down south. Yep. He had a good week this week. You know, behind that front, somehow those fish yep. will get shallow and get up there tight, you know, after a yep. hard event like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that's where the warmer water's at. That's, that's where they right. That's where they react and, and go to. Just a degree or two, or two makes all the difference in the world, man. Especially right. if you've got a shoreline with some soft mud on it and scattered shell get, or grasses, yeah. You get some sunshine on it. Yes, sir. Get some sunshine on it warm that mud up. Yes, sir. Oh, I'll tell you what, I, I was on a place down here one time like that and uh, over near uh, near Ayers and all that, and I was uh-huh. I was standing in one spot. I mean, that was you didn't want to walk around much because you sank to your knees in mud you know right but that's where the fish are and uh, and i had big old trout just swimming by me in that on that mud and shell and uh, i just stood in one spot i mean they were just cruising by me you know and i mean big old trout i couldn't get mm. them to eat but they were they were cruising by me you know oh man i mean they you know, were we used to have that. a place like that in uh in Tabs Bay up my way that uh, we'd always fish between Thanksgiving and Christmas. For whatever reason, I mean, if you wanted a shot at a double-digit trout, that was a place to be. You stay there. Don't worry about numbers. Just fish it thorough. And mm-hmm. uh, it was real soft mud like you're talking about with big-time pig ear oyster shell in there. And uh, it was just, you know, little little pods, little toeheads of oysters all lined up up and down that shoreline now it's all covered in spoil it's been ruined by the dredging project but uh mm-hmm. man i'll tell you for whatever reason you know and it was right there on the back side of atkinson island where they got easily deep water access it's got a huge flat that it rolls off towards a uh a channel the cedar bio channel for deep water access plus you got one mile cut there at barber's cut where, where they can you know, there's just deep, deep water surrounding this shallow flat, and uh, well, I don't, I don't know how many giant fish we caught. You know, for 20 winters in there. You know, mm-hmm. that just uh, and and nobody really fished it. It just uh, it mm-hmm. was kind of a one of those areas that just you dream about. And, uh, there were some old timers from, uh, over at Sylvan beach that fished a lot in the winter. That's the only time they'd really fish when it's cold in the winter. And, and I saw those two old men catch, I don't know how many fish over 10 pounds in there too. We'd waited and it it was tough waiting, but we were young then. And it, you know, now I wouldn't even, I'd fish it out of the boat (laughs) with a trolling motor work it over yeah. with corkies and top waters but man i tell you what a spot that was and it's mm. it's mm. it's covered up with spoil now it's gone yeah that's amazing many, i mean not many good, fish good use spots. it anymore ruined it it's amazing i mean those good spots are gone because uh, the dredges pump all this spoil you know yeah yeah they built i mean they just uh surrounded it with rocks and filled all the inside i'm we're talking I mean, just obliterated that whole shoreline all the way from one mile to three mile pass at Atkinson Island. Mm-hmm. It's that's all gone. All that good natural habitat, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Mm-hmm. Big trout stuff. Man. Toe heads and well, mud. 
Yep. Uh, they're talking about, you know, they're wanting to dredge the ship channel here, Port Connor, and uh, all the way up to um, Port Lavaca. Uh, Port Lavaca. Yeah. And uh, they're talking about doing that. Well, boy, I guarantee you they do that. They're going to they're gonna pump spoil, and they're going to ruin a lot of oyster beds up there. And uh, oh, because there's nowhere you. else to pump that spoil. And, um, I mean, we catch a lot of trout on those oyster beds. I mean, I a bet lot you of trout. Do. And, do you uh, ever uh, go over and fish uh, Keller Bay or Cox's Bay anymore? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, fish Keller, yeah. You know, yeah, I was that's... running in a, I was in an airboat with Cody Adams one time. When we were duck hunting down there, and uh, we were running Keller. We were going to try and find a couple of spots there to just put a, you know, a, a, a shoreline ground blind on to run some customers on because man, them ducks were rafted up in that bay like crazy that one winter. We were running mm-hmm. across that bay in an airboat. Tide was low, and uh, I'd never seen so many giant trout as long as your leg just parting and just moving out of the way of the airboat as we're running through those areas. I'd never seen nothing like that. I said, my goodness gracious, this is where mm-hmm. you need to yeah. fish for trophy fish, man. That was in Keller. And then when we got yeah. to Cox Bay, it was even better. Huh. Yeah, I like Keller. I, I ran across there one day in a thick fog with a buddy of mine and I ran back in there and I, we, we got out of the boat and, uh, we were wading in Keller and I heard another boat coming and, right. uh, boy, that fog was thick. And, and, uh, I all of a sudden I heard the boat shut down and, and I could hear these guys talking. They had no clue that we were there. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I, I, I told that buddy of mine, I said, watch it. When that fog lifts, they're going to be in shock, you know? <laughs> and uh, well, sure enough, man, that fog started lifting and they weren't a hundred yards from us, you know. And they're probably and saying, more. "Where'd they come from?" Exactly, exactly. And y'all were saying, "Where did they come from?" Uh, yeah, yeah. We knew they were there, but they didn't know we were there. Hey, and when it's yeah. calm and foggy like that, your voice will carry for a mile. Oh, I know it. I know. I mean, it. they they can be two hundred yards from you, and it sounds like they're right next to you in a boat talking. Oh yeah, yeah. We used to do that a lot in Trendy in November and December. We'd pull in foggy days. It was calm, and we'd just uh, run to the areas where we knew a lot of bird action had been going on. you just shut the boat down, turn the motor off, and listen for the birds, and then just put your troll motor down and just go to the sound. And, buddy, that that was them two and 300 fish days, big ones under the birds, just crazy. Man, Man, oh, man. Well, I'll tell you what – I, I like fishing in the winter, uh, you know, when uh, catching those big fish, but during the week when you don't have the crowds. Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, it makes today's a difference. The of, today's the last day of duck season, so it uh, it should make a big difference because I, I went by the launch yesterday around noon, about 10 o'clock, and, boy, the airboats were pulling out, and uh, everybody was pulling out. There were a lot of people duck on yesterday. Boy, I tell you, how many airboats run the waters down there from Port O'Connor to Rockport and and on down during duck season? Man, it's it's no. loud. That'd get on your oh, nerves yeah. while you're fishing. Going, golly, that's loud. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. But uh, yep, it is. But everything. But you got to have them. You got to get to where they're at. You got to have an airboat. It's a that's must. Right. Got to have that's it. Right. But you know, I I have one, and I haven't run it in years. But uh, heck, I've run. I jumped an island one time, jumped a bunch of grass and whatever into a lake, 
And just as I went into that lake, it was absolutely full of redfish. I mean, full. <laughs> and uh, I just reached down and, and turned the key off, just killed it, and just came to a dead stop, grabbed a rod, and first cast, I was hooked up. I mean, wow. you know, just, it was incredible. I just sat there every cast, it was redfish. Oh, oh, oh. And yeah, so. It's good to have them. You can get to areas that you just can't get to in an outboard. You just can't do it. That's a fact. And uh, yeah, it is. It is. I grew up with airboats. Uh, my dad used to build them. I cut my teeth on an airboat. Yeah. But. Um, Boy, that's a big I mean, old hole in the water. You can dump money into as an airboat. Oh. <laughs> After you get I, some I hours imagine. on them, oh man. I can't imagine how much they cost now. Oh, it's outrageous. Yeah. Yeah, I keep saying I'm going to fix mine up, but I keep thinking about how much it'll cost to fix it. So I, right, I, what kind of what, what kind of engine do you have on yours? It's a 350 Chevy. Yeah, yeah. so I haven't run it in years, so I, it would it would cost a bunch of money to get this thing going. Right, but, um, but anyway, back in the old days, they ran those airplane engines, those Lycomings. Oh yeah, a lot of them down yeah. there. Oh, I ran them. I ran those aircraft engines. Yeah. Oh five forty like omens. That's what I ran on mine. Right. I ran ran several of those, and uh, you know two hundred and sixty horse like omens, and uh, shoot, I could launch it in the parking lot, and then <laughs> just run it over to the ramp into the water. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That was a strong strong boat. I used to run those like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They the last a lot of them running them five hundred cubic inch uh, GM engines in them now. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, these airboats now are just crazy. Yeah. They're beasts. They're beasts. You know, my my airboats I had never never were fast. They were just powerful, you know. Right. For, for running dry ground. Well, you got you got to have that torque and that dry ground and stuff. You got to have it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But they will sink in a heartbeat. How many airboats oh, have yeah. you seen sink over the years? couple of waves oh, over the back and they're going to the bottom.com buddy there's no flotation no, no. none and uh, <laughs> now i never never sank one but i've had one roll over on me have you <laughs> in, the, in the prairie yeah i had a buddy of mine uh he was running the boat and we were running across uh oh, dry ground and uh well salt grass and uh he, he rolled it and i tried to jump free and the boat rolled over on top of me and, and uh, pinned me under the boat, and the cage was right on top of me. Oh, and the, man. The prop, the prop was spinning right in my face, and I was just holding that cage. And he jumped off, and he said, are you all right? I said, yeah, but just get this heavy thing off of me, man. <laughs> and that prop was just spinning right in my face. Turn it off. <laughs> yeah. Turn it and that off. Had an old, that had an old 540 like Omen on it. Yeah. Did it? I ended up buying that boat. Yeah, I ended up owning that boat later on. But uh, yeah, that was a uh, that was an experience. You were lucky. You were lucky. You didn't get uh, hurt or killed. Oh sure. There's a lot of those stories. I imagine. (laughs) Oh yeah. I've heard a few of them. Not good. Oh yeah. All right, Lynn. Hey, if somebody wants to call you about fishing this year or whatever, hunting, fishing, how do they get a hold of you, brother? Yes, sir. It's fixing to happen, man. We're fixing to get after them. Uh, they can reach me at uh, 361-935-6833. All right, Lynn. Hey, have a good day. Always a pleasure talking to you, buddy. Hey, you too, man. Have a good one, Mick. Later, man.
All right. That's Captain Lynn Smith down in Port O'Connor. It's time for our top of the hour break, national anthem, all that good stuff. You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 